You know, one of the things that I have observed across the industry is growth has been incremental. You know, whether it's the number of CEOs, Black in particular, um, the growth has just been slow and incremental. Why, why do you think progress has taken so long? Difficult question, right? I mean, that's a, that's a very complex, uh, it's a very, very complex question. But, but I think too often, uh, Marlon, that it is the, the, the DE&I and, and aspects of it are viewed as compliant behavior. I need to do this because my boss told me I need to do it. I need to do it because it's in my goals and objectives. I need to do it um, because our DE&I officer is meeting with me and I need to show some progress. But if it doesn't come from the heart, if it doesn't come from the belly, if you don't seriously want to make change and see the benefit of, of making change, then you're only gonna get incremental progress. I applaud all the work that we did and that, 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 that a lot of others have done around the awareness of unconscious bias. But, you know, but there are still a lot of people in leadership roles in this country that have biases, whether they know that or not. I recall you were an executive sponsor of a business resource group at one point in your career. Why was that important to you? I think it starts at the top. And as a as a senior leader, no, I, w I wasn't the CEO of the organization, but I reported to the CEO. So I was that, you know, that next level down, one click down from the chairman and CEO of a publicly traded company. And I think that you've got to walk the walk and talk the talk and demonstrate, uh, you know, demonstrate the core values. So being able to um, support a group of colleagues, no matter what it is. I mean, you know, Marlon, I think too often when, 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 uh, People that are less informed about DE and I hear the words and they and they think about it. They 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 think about ethnic diversity, and as you and I know, and as many of your listeners know, there's so many other types of of, of diversity, um, and there's a difference between diversity and inclusion. But um, you know, gender diversity, ethnic diversity, uh, um, you know, colleagues with disabilities, um, the, the sexual orientation. Um, you know, all kinds of different diversity and, and lots of different lots of different forms of ethnic diversity when you just narrow in there. So I think um, supporting those groups and, 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 and showing your support as a senior leader for any type of the any one of the business resource groups was important. You and I both know that, you know, we our, our employer made changes, made actual <laughs> employee benefit changes based on some of the feedback from those business resource groups. It also gives the employees a basis to feel included and welcome. Inclusion, right? Yeah, uh, that they're go. not out on alone, that they've got shared, you know, shared values and, and, and shared issues that they can talk openly about amongst a core group of people that are like them, similar to them. Yeah. You know, going back to ethnic minorities or incremental progress, the industry has seen progress as it relates to women, white women specifically in DNI. But when it comes to ethnic minorities, um, Blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans, so on and so forth, what do you think is important for ensuring their readiness? You know, how do we get folks ready to, to move yeah. on to that next level? Well, it, it's it, it's important and, and, and you're not gonna change the statistics at the top of organizations 
unless you start at the bottom and in the middle. Um, it, you know, so, so, you know, this isn't going to change overnight, but it also can't change two decades from now, Marlon. That's right. right. There has to be, there has to be continual progress. And some of what has to happen is what I call risk sharing. And, and that's the role of the manager, but it's the role of the colleague. Manager has to be willing to take a risk on a colleague and, 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 and see the potential. And, and this isn't, I don't think it's a binary decision. I don't think it's a succeed or fail decision when you take a risk. It's let's try it. If it doesn't work, there's an opportunity then to make another move. Maybe not back to the, the, the role that the colleague was in before, but off into something different. I, I, I think as a, as a leader, as a manager, one of your primary responsibility is to, is to you know, find the right puzzle piece for the puzzle and, and putting things together and trying different things and experimenting and taking a chance. And, you know, but, but I would say that it's not all on the manager. It, it, it has to be, you know, there has to be a risk element to the colleague as well to try something. I took a number of career choices along the way um, where I, I really was intimidated by the next role that I had. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know anything about certain jobs that I was, that I was being put into or that I, you know, that I, that I, that I transferred into, uh, but it broadened my skill set and it strengthened me as a leader by, by, you know, having a diversity of, of roles that I had over my career. So, you know, I think we, we have to have colleagues that are willing to take a risk on themselves and we have to have managers that are willing to see the potential in a colleague and step up and, and, and take just a little bit of a risk to put somebody into a role that might be 80 or 90% ready but isn't potentially 100% ready, and then invest in them and, and, yes. and nurture them. We've all heard the phrase, especially in business, what gets measured gets done. Um, there's so many organizations that shy away from diversity metrics, or I like to count, call them accountability metrics. Do you think metrics are important? And if so, why? I, I think they're important, but I don't think they're the be all end all. And, okay. and I think they're important just to uh, get things on radar, to ensure that the conversations happen, to ensure that actions happen. Um, but uh, so I'm absolutely supportive of diversity, equity and inclusion objectives in, in uh, you know, managers and leaders, uh, uh, annual goals and objectives of measuring it, of reporting on that. Um, but I don't think in and of itself that that's going to do much beyond the incremental progress that's occurred over the past five to 10 years. I, I, I really think that I really think that it takes more. And, you know, and I think there's different phases. And I think by having having goals and objectives and, and by having measures, I think you at least start with the awareness. And I think that's really the first phase in, in DEI is awareness. You know, and then I think the next phase is winning hearts and minds. And that's important. You know, you've got to win the hearts and minds. Okay, so now we've got the awareness of what the challenge is and why it's important. Then you've won, you've won uh, managers and supervisors and leaders, hearts and minds. Then it's action orientation is phase three. And then I think the final phase is sustainability. How does it not fall flat on its face after you've had some success, some initial success? So. Um, awareness, uh, you know, you start with awareness and I think the goals and objectives really help with that awareness.
So I, I want to ask this question for any chief diversity officers or leaders of this work or someone who is interested in getting into this work as a DNI practitioner. So Rick, what do you think are some key attributes for a chief diversity officer? That's kind of the first question. And then the second question is, how do they win the hearts and minds? What, what, what are you looking for when this chief diversity officer comes into your office to talk about the work? First and foremost, it has to be passion. You know, this can't be compliant behavior. It can't be, I'm in this role and, you know, it, it, it check the box type metrics and check the box type, we're having a quarterly meeting and we're going to, you know, do some compliant behavior. I think there has to be a, a sincere passion there uh, in the DEI role. Um, and then what I look for uh, and what you possessed and what we partnered on was creativity and, mm. and, and, and be willing to try things and fail and be willing to bounce ideas off one another. You and I along our journey had some ideas, some of which, you know, we tested a little bit and, and, and we weren't quite there on, on, the, on the right approach, but we tweaked them and we came back and we circled around and we never, and, and it's okay to try things that don't work but creative ideas. You're not going to have success. We're only going to have, any organization is only going to have incremental success if they keep trying the same things. And if they just right. talk and you just have meetings and you're reporting on the data. But if you're not changing the paradigm by trying different things, by experimenting, by um, not pointing the finger. I mean, we only, in my organization, we only really started to achieve meaningful step stone results, stair step results, is when we took things into our own hands and, and developed an action plan and ignited, I think my role was just igniting a fuse in a group of, of 15 direct reports when they saw my passion. Um, and, and, and that's really what changed the course of, of where we were headed. So, um, you know, I, th I think those are the key, those are the key attributes. Rick, um, I saw a statistic recently that read, and I believe still holds true, white males account for 72% of corporate leadership at 16 of the Fortune 500 companies. Um, how, how can white males become better allies, um, not just in promoting DEI and the awareness piece, but moving us in the right direction faster? Make yourself more accessible. Make yourself more accessible. Uh, make your direct reports more accessible to diverse colleagues in your organization. Um, reach out, it may, it may be difficult for CEOs to do a lot of one-on-one -on -one mentoring. It may be difficult for the direct reports of those CEOs to be meeting individually with, um, with various diverse colleagues. But what I would do very often was try to get a group of four or five people together. And, I, and you know, I often said, very difficult for me to do this one-on-one, -on -one, but if you can gather three or four of your colleagues together, I'm happy to buy lunch. Let's sit down and let's have a candid conversation. Let's talk, let's get to know one another. Let me help introduce you to somebody who might be the spark or might be one or two steps away from the spark in your career. So, you know, take a genuine interest, make yourself visible, make a commitment to change.